This is The Causes of Things, and I'm your host, Michael O'Fallon. We're living in one of the most perilous times in human history. It is a time that I have been warning our listeners about for years. To further this point, let me begin this episode by repeating word for word what I had said in our very first episode two and a half years ago. The first century BC poet Virgil stated, Blessed is he who understands the hidden causes of things. And if you understand the causes of things, you will be able to not only understand, but as well anticipate what will be happening around you in the coming months. Because in order to transform our culture into the fourth industrial revolution, our economy into the great reset, our political structures, our societies against the democratic will of the people, you must go through several steps in transition. Number one, a psychological transformation. Number two, a physical and philosophical transformation. Number three, a cultural and political transformation. Again, this is top-down, bottom-up, and inside-out. We're living in one of the most interesting times in human history. It's hard to conceive that all that's taking place and changing around us as we recognize that the great tectonic plates of our civilization are now shifting right underneath our collective feet. And not only that, but the acceleration of these changes is now coming in such a way that you really have no way of knowing what tomorrow's or even the next hour's headlines will bring. And we're losing the ability to be surprised or shocked as the next pillar of our civilization crumbles, is torn down, is destroyed, is deconstructed. Sadly, we are watching the dismantling of an entire civilization by people who claim that in doing so, they're serving the liberation of humanity, when in fact, they are ushering us all into the great slavery. And by this, I don't mean just a physical slavery. I mean a psychological slavery a cognitive slavery, a spiritual slavery. We are watching, day by day, moment by moment, the realization of the great technocratic, oligarchical, intersectional, postmodern, Fabian socialist dream. What was that dream? It was the dream of a humanity come of age, of a humanity that could sever itself from its Judeo-Christian, capitalistic, equal opportunity-based, enlightenment-inspired, modernist, and reasoned past, and establish itself in a new postmodern present, and point itself to a new technocratic, open society future. The move simply put, is from analog to digital. The great postmodern neo-Marxist dream was that if you could have the fruits of the Judeo-Christian ethic in a civilization, while denying reason, logic, the scientific method, exegetical methodologies, and subverting it in virtually every point. The fact and reality of the matter is that, thus far, the great postmodern neo-Marxist dream has not produced human flourishing. It hasn't produced any human happiness. Although there are all sorts of income redistribution schemes that they can point to that, on the surface, suggest that they have had some impact on improving our world, while denying the millions of murders under their own suggested Marxist agenda. But the bottom line is that human dignity has not really increased globally at all, thanks to the socialistic schemes that are being suggested that will be part of the Keynesian wheel and our exponential change 
into the Fourth Industrial Revolution. The sanctity of human life and human flourishing, the pursuit of verified knowledge and truth has not been more affirmed, but less affirmed. And we're watching not only the sanctity of human life being denied at the beginning of life, but through every stage of the human life spectrum. And so if you're someone who is supporting the current paradigm shift that's happening all through our nation and our society, if you're asking for some proof of whether what I'm saying is true, while you're engaging in your marches and breaking things and burning things and tearing things down, let me just offer this as the obvious proof of what I'm saying. Human beings are accusing other human beings of collective guilt based upon their skin color or their heritage. Entire professions are being told that they are all bastards. Collective blame. Collective guilt. Collective blame according to someone's skin color or their heritage or their profession. Yes, you preachers of equity, resentment and vengeance, you have become the monsters. You are the thing now that you're saying that everybody else has to expunge because of past collective guilt. You're becoming that. And have you ever thought for a moment that maybe you're being used? You are transforming an entire civilization into subservient orcs. But I know what you're up to. And I know that this isn't the end game. This is simply being set up to make you the saviors again. To promote a third way. To start a fire in someone's backyard, then run to the front door and offer water to put the fire out. But your third way is a cult. It is the cult of transformation. The intrinsic value and dignity of every human life has been discarded by you. Discarded for the sake of intersectional collectivity and purpose civilizational change. So if you're someone who's listening to this and you still hold true to the idea that we are a constitutional republic and that you believe that each person should be able to believe what they would like to in regards to faith and transcendence, but that we do accept the scientific method. If you were that person and you were to say, I am a patriot or heaven forbid, that you say that you support law enforcement, then we understand that the monsters, they would condemn you as being an alt-right, bigoted, nationalistic Nazi. If you stand for our nation's constitutional heritage, you'll be criticized as being akin to Hitler. So you have to ask, why has the entire foundation of law and justice been cast aside for an all-out embrace of neo-Marxist source social justice conformity? Why have the Judeo-Christian concepts of freedom and liberty been thrown into the ash heap of history as the nations of the earth sprint towards the chains of global technocratic manipulation? You have to start asking yourself this question. And will the United States and its citizens succumb to the tyranny of the corporate oligarchs that are all in in this paradigm-shifting move. These neo-Maoist cultural revolutionaries and the manipulation of neophyte ecclesial deconstructionists. Because I think if you're noticing, the leadership that you have read for years 20, 25, 30 years, and maybe a shorter time. Those that you've gone to their conferences, you've listened to them, you listen to their podcasts. They're in on this too. 
And maybe you'll start to think about when you listen to things such as our old Trojan horse video series that I did with Dr. Lindsay and Dr. Bogosian, and you'll hear how we say that it's everything. It's not just within Christianity. It's not just within higher education. It's within our legal institutions, our political institutions. It's within everything. It's in our corporate structure. And everyone is saying that you must march to the beat of one drummer. There are no discourses. There are no conversations. There is no qualified scientific debate that can happen. You need to convert or die. It's time for you to convert. It's time for you to transform. So what is happening to us? And if you go back to maybe a year and a half ago, I did a podcast from the Causes of Things saying that it's out with the old, in with the new, a new cultural revolution. But it doesn't stop at culture. It gets into everything. What is happening is that humanity is being transitioned. Transitioned exponentially. Transformed individually and civilizationally against our will. Transitioned from what we were to what the technocrats, you know, the experts, have in store for us and our future generations for our own good. You see, it's for our safety. It's for our well-being. It's for our health. You need to follow what the experts tell you to do because they know better. It's not time for voting on these things. It's for the best of mankind. You are being prepared for the Great Reset. And now you'll see it in Vogue magazine, as opposed to someone in this year's fashionable designs. It'll be about an environmental reset. Within the church, it will be about an evangelism reset, a way we think of church and conceive church. We need to reimagine it. We need to have a great reset in terms of how we do our economies, how we do our nations, how we do our politics. You see, it's time for a great reset. It's time to take you out of what you knew before to be true. What was scheduled? What we did every year at this time? It's time to change. And you don't have any say on it. It's time to transition you and our entire nation. That is what you have been going through. That is the false bill of goods that was sold to the President of the United States this past January, February, March, April, and May. So if you have to transform and transition an entire nation into the new cult, how would you do it? So if you were trying to brainwash someone into a new religious cult, into a new psychological paradigm that celebrates the past culture and nation that they have been a part of, what could be better to make sure that after allowing giant roaming bands of Marxists and anarchists to destroy our businesses, our homes, our monuments, our nation's history, our nation's heritage, while you tell the police to stand down and let them have their way as the gigantic rioting mobs beat anyone who disagrees with them senseless, where the corporate world immediately cancels anyone or any corporation with a different viewpoint who disagrees with all of this rioting and looting and tearing down of our nation, who maybe loves the liberties and guaranteed to us through the Constitution. Well, you got to deplatform them. You have to silence any dissent 
to the revolution. You must blot out their voice. How would you deal with, let's say, a national holiday? You know, if you're still trying to bring somebody into your cult, that you want to make sure that their past life, their past way of doing things is forever gone. They're transforming into a new person. How would you deal with, let's say, a national holiday where our freedoms and liberties are being celebrated together, collectively? How would you keep the citizenry in the dark hole of brainwashing and hopelessness as you want to fully transition them into your new cult? What would you do? Well, in cults, they want you to stop celebrating traditional holidays where all of society celebrates together, like birthdays. Tell your cult that to celebrate a birthday is evil. So, let's say if you plan on deconstructing the United States. You want to eliminate the nation's birthday. Make sure that everyone knows that all celebrations must be canceled for the public health and safety of our citizens. No beaches open. No parades happening. No fireworks celebrations. And if you do have them, you can't tell people where they're going to be because you don't want people gathering. No concerts. No proclamations. It isn't as important as your newfound propaganda weapon of public health and safety. Shut down July 4th. Because with the new cult, July 4th can't be tolerated. That's heresy. That's not in the doctrine of the new cult, of the new revolutionary cult. But if you want to support a Marxist revolutionary violent political movement that seeks to destroy America, destroy the traditional family and destroy our nation's history, have at it. Make sure that your streets are clear for them on July 4th. Make sure that they are planning to tear down everything and anything. Replace the sanctity of the nation's day of July 4th with something terrible and new. You know, you want to make sure you're preparing for this by painting the name of the Marxist revolutionary group on the streets of our national capital. And you want to make sure all of the nation's sports teams, traditionally supporters of our nation, make sure that they will paint their basketball courts with the names of the Marxist revolutionary group. Make sure that the phrases that the Marxist group twists and uses are on all their uniforms. Make sure that the revolution is everywhere, unhindered, with no silencing of the cause of the revolution. Burn it all down. All in the nation must convert or die, or you are a bigoted racist, or you will be silenced. Even though how they are achieving the revolution is through collective guilt and bigoted racism. So, out with the old July 4th holiday that celebrates liberty and freedom, and call all those old things oppression and tyranny. And in with the new Marxist revolution that celebrates tyranny, suppression of free and open debate and discussion, and blames the entirety of anyone's struggles on those that have the least amount of melanin in their skin. Demand a twisted form of justice, and only the justice that means that they must have the outcome that they demand, or there will be no peace. My way, or I'm coming after you and I'm going to burn it down. And declare all law enforcement officers, 
all of the officers who are here to enforce our constitutional rights. Call them all, all of them, bastards. And make sure that that is painted everywhere. That is the new revolution. No celebrating of the heritage of the United States. Only the celebration of the new cult. The new revolution. And all the public health and safety officials will gladly endorse the new revolution. The new cult. Because this is the Great Reset. And this has all been meticulously planned for an awfully long time. But the cult initiation has begun. Our transition has started as a nation. But it gets even more vile than that. They're also targeting the family. You see, even the way that you think of your family, mother, father, children, generations, well, that needs to be reset as well. And I have been trying to warn everyone and anyone that I can about what is coming for the last six years. The Great Reset demands that you must reject what you know to be true to embrace the absurd, the nonsensical, the ridiculous, the intolerant, for the sake of change, transformation. Transformation out of normality into the most dangerous religious, political, and economic cult in the history of the world. Julian Huxley, brother of Aldous Huxley, was the first Director General of the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. You know it as UNESCO, and he was the head of that organization from 1946 to 1948. Huxley once wrote that the basic elements in cultural transition and transformation are psychological. So the psychological first before the physical, in a ritualistic transformation into the new cult. And so what I'm going to explain in the next few minutes is how a new religious cult changes their new initiate. It has pretty much always been this way through the ages. So higher rituals had to be performed by the new proselyte to transform them into the new cultic reality. Spiritual cultic rituals of transformation are a psychodrama of conscious, deliberate actions taken to facilitate the change necessary to bring them in conformity to the new cult's doctrines. In past podcasts, we referred to this as OPE, Operational Preparation of the Environment. So people exist in starting with the mental landscape of the place where their reality is born. In other words, the disciplines, the cultures, the things that they've been through their entire life. So the purpose of a change or transformational ritual to bring them into a new cult experience is a method to alter one's mind. It's basically a sacred drama in which you are the audience as well as the participant and the purpose of it is to activate parts of the mind that are not activated by your normal everyday activities. Because when you get into the norm of what you do, let's say if you're going to work in the morning, is that you have your rituals of getting up, having breakfast. Maybe if you're a Christian, you're going through a couple Bible verses. Before you jump into your car, you have your whole process, the streets that you drive. You say hello who you do when you come into your workplace. You have your working environment. You have where you go to lunch. You check out through the day. You then have maybe a gym that you go to before you head on the way home. These are all part of your normal day. That must stop. It must stop to make sure that your mind is an empty canvas that can be painted on 
for the new cultic reality. The actual mechanics of transformational change are executed through mechanism, a rhythm to sync, to merge, and flow with a magnetic drawing of the initiate down the path towards transmutation. In other words, all of this works together, like cogs in a wheel, more or less like how a watch works, as it brings everybody down further towards a point of actual change. So rituals are vehicles driving home those ideas, their disciplines, if you will. The information, the data, the symbols, which transmission create the language by which the new society members are communicating, are new. New terms, new words, or maybe old words with new meanings. The ritual generates meaning pegs to signposts along the way of its own self-referential processes. And even if the original purpose gets lost in the repetition of action. So you might want to think about what sparking events have happened that then all of a sudden a week or two later, whatever sparked it becomes no longer the driving force. A ritual initiation introduces one into the way, a new way of life or world and acts as a program to guide beliefs and actions enabling the initiate to become a full and true member of this new society or of this new cult. Note that ritual is not always a conscious action. Sometimes it's something that is pushing you or guiding you in a reflexive manner. Now, not everyone partaking in a ritual is always made explicitly aware that they are participants in the ritualistic methodologies. And yet still new patterns of thoughts of significance and change are drummed into the mind subconsciously through the use of subliminal communication. Maybe you've heard some things in the last several months like, we're all in this together, along with, things might be different on the other side, or the new normal. All of these phrases relate to the concept of complete and total change. It's an initiation ritual. So let's go through the steps of an initiation ritual in order. And maybe some of this will start to sound very familiar to you because you've actually gone through them in the last several months. Firstly, you would want to have isolation for the purification of the initiate, of the new converts. Initiation is separated from the mundane, and the definition of the mundane, by the way, is of the world. So you are taking steps to purposely separate the convert from the world that they knew to bring them into a new world, a new reality. The transitioning of someone into something completely new. So the initiate is largely removed from the otherwise familiar persons, places, things one is used to in order to be cleared of them, detached and insulated purged and purified. These are the essential elements of this separation from one's typical environment or daily schedule. It is the suspension of the normal rules of living that one is used to in their normal life. I need you to think through this for a moment. Is this something that we've all been through across the world, preparing us for something new, for possibly a great reset? So in this period of separation, in this period of getting away from what they knew before, you want to make sure that the convert senses will be commanded and regulated during that time. In other words, the majority of what the convert sees, hears, uh, touches, is directly related to or deliberately controlled so that these senses may be bombarded and modified or deprived. But regardless, perceptions and experiences are ultimately overseen by the new high priests and priestesses 
who will be directing the rituals and performances, enabling new light to shine through a newly open window of thought. And because they're isolated, they'll have nowhere else to go except where they're allowed to go. So the insulated convert is isolated and they're forced to confront his or her own reflections and inner shadows that may have been ignored or buried somewhere deep beneath the average day and the the normal rhythms of life to suddenly become unavoidable. Now, if you're one of the high priests and priestesses that is controlling this ritual, you'll want to ensure that only your information is being pumped through the convert. If there's anything that disagrees with the new doctrines or anything that would keep the convert on the current suppressed path that they are on, that must be ended. None of the old must be able to come in. None of the familiar must be allowed to come in. So let's say that the convert decides, you know, I'm going to go back to church. Or the church says, you know what, we're going to go ahead and have our services. That can't happen. They cannot go back to what they used to do. Everything must be new. So let's say that you're going to now say that you're going to lock and padlock those churches or arrest people that come back. You can't even let them go out and enjoy things socially like they used to with their old friends, with their old schedule to get back to normal. That can't happen because it breaks the period of initiation of out with the old thoughts and only in with the new. And if you're one of the high priests or priestesses, you can't afford to have one of your new converts be introduced back into the world that they knew, where things made sense, where they were after peace. And and peace, of course, is understanding that the person across from you believes the same things that you do, and you have an understanding, because everything must change soon. So if your children play at somebody else's house, then the mayor or the governor will send the police to come and arrest you for that. If you bring your kids out to play with one another at a playground, you will be arrested. If you are going out to the beach to do some paddleboarding, you will be arrested for that. And let's say that you decide to go back to your old church and your congregation gathers. Well, you will be arrested for that. Believe me, the police will show up and the mayor and the governor will make sure that justice is served for the sake of public safety, even though, of course, that this is against uh, the Constitution. So in this whole period of time, the main thing is to make sure that you are isolated and only the information that those at the top that are the ones teaching the doctrine are getting through to you. Now, during this time also, it's important that you silence the voices of those that actually are against or not with the doctrinal purity that you're trying to teach your new convert. So if someone comes in and says, well, you know, about this whole thing that we're doing about locking down and wearing, I mean, this is not really a good idea. This is not going to really help the situation. Oh, they must be silenced. Deplatform, take them off of YouTube. Make sure that their voices are no longer heard. And let's say that the president of the United States begins to say things against those that are continuing with this cultic ritualistic ceremony. And now, unfortunately, the president of the United States is also getting horrible advice from people even in his own cabinet, even from his own executive team. Because, unfortunately, a lot of them know what's going on, too. But anyway, I digress. But let's say that he says some things. Well, that's a good time for maybe the corporate overlords, those that control social media. Maybe it's time for them to silence him as well. Because you can't have that competing voice coming into that space where it can only be you catechizing your new initiates, your new converts to your new cult. Now, of course, those trans faith people, trans Christians, will be telling all of their people to love thy neighbor and not go anywhere and obey the law. Now, of course, that'll be flipped on its head just a few months later. But let's get back to your new convert, who you have completely isolated 
from having any other information of them having their daily lives of them going through their normal their normal routines that they have within the rhythm of their life so let's say that you take them out of that completely now but you've done something else let's say you've destroyed their economic ability to be able to provide for themselves and then as a matter of fact what you see in the future is nothing but chaos but because you have a strong leader that's saying, we're going to get back to work. We're going to have this country come roaring back again. America will be made great again. He's casting a vision. He's trying to help you see something and you start to have hope. Well, you can't allow that to happen, can you? Because if your new convert sees that there really is the ability to get back to normal, then he may not buy into all the nonsense that you're going to start to introduce. So you have to then reintroduce chaos. Utter chaos. To the point where each man and woman in the United States, in the whole world as a matter of fact, where they can't think past tomorrow because of the existential threats that are coming at them. And then the next stage of ritualistic cultic involvement comes in. You have to purge everything, purge everything that came from the civilization before purge everything that came from their lives before. Make sure that no stone is left in turn or that no statue is allowed to stand. And remember that all this is going to be going back to something else. Because as soon as you start to tear down the statues of the founders of the United States, eventually you're going to be tearing apart the founding documents of the United States. This is a revolution. So all these people that were locked down, all these people that were following the law, all these people that respected the police officers and didn't want to get into any kind of major disagreements with the officers, but yet with the leaders. What then happens? You release chaos, burning, trashing of everything, destruction of entire communities. But what must be taken out of the old ways is the law. Because you're going to be presenting a new law, which eventually the new law will be the new religion. It will be intersectionality. But how we get to that new way of having law means that we must deplete the entire area, the entire country of the old law. Out with the old. And how do you do that at first? By making sure that the old law is no longer enforced. That there's no one that will come and help you. So you create a giant vacuum. And now what you do is you create within each one of the communities a new standard for law. You basically are creating a new open society within each one of the city or metro areas that's being affected. But the old law... What is that old thing anyway? Why do you even have to be worrying about that? That must go. You must know that the old law is no longer in effect. So for those that are being initiated into the new cult, after this time where they are completely removed away from society, is that when they get out, everything will be different. So as a new event now triggers a detonation, another purge, the next phase of the initiation ritual takes place. The surrender initiation. So surrender initiation rituals may also involve sacrifice, both the tangible that can be held in a hand and the intangible, such as behaviors that may be given up by requirement for something to be given 
something must be also taken away as a token submission, an ounce of blood, possibly reparations, or maybe bowing down on your knee and confessing your sins and wanting to do penance. Now, also, the wearing of masks or veils may be required to hide the old identity in shame. And masking has traditionally played an important role in rituals and old cults of this kind, and enabling and hastening the suppression of ego to help facilitate a death of the old identity before the identification with and manifestation of a new one disguised under a mask and hidden away. So the mask or veil is used religiously as a representation of submission, but it's also one that works in with everything else that's happening around them, where all the old ways, all the things that were mundane, all the things that were part of their life are changing time and time again, and where they are muzzled or quiet, or it is not their voices that are speaking up, but only some are allowed to say anything. And even those that are in the highest positions of power are told that they need to mask up, which they should never do. And now, as we're talking about transformation, all of those that are in the religious communities and I would say specifically within the evangelical reform community. All of those are involved in the rituals as well. They're all involved in trying to make sure that everything is changed, that all the old is gone, making way for the new. So when it is time for us to adopt the new normal after the Great Reset, that everything has changed. All of the old can't even be discussed anymore because it's thought as hateful, as racist, as bigoted, or part of a systemic problem that we must change and we must change now. And one of the first questions you should be asking is, well, why weren't those your concerns five years ago, ten years ago? Why weren't the th those the things that you were rallying against constantly then? And by the way, if this whole thing about Christianity is true and the things that you've been saying in the past and the reasons that we originally followed you are true, why aren't they true right now? Why instead are many of you, like Ed Stetzer, marching with the new cult? Why are you proclaiming the new doctrine? And the simple answer is, because just like so many that are within the Democratic Party and many that are within the Republican Party and many that are in the corporate world and many that are in the sports world, they are the new priests and priestesses of the new cult. And yes, they were the ones that were telling you to stay locked down, to love thy neighbor, to keep your churches shut. They knew what they were doing. You didn't. You thought the best of them. I tried to warn you. And even within our own communities, we are not willing to call people out on the truth. And as I have been saying to many, for many years, and I haven't gone here on the causes of things, I have said to them in the past, what they have planned is so frightening, I can't even speak of it. And it is frightening. And the only way that you could agree to something like this is if you have been transformed into someone who cannot think straight anymore, who does not care about objective truth anymore who is not truly empathetic with your fellow human being, regardless if they are white or black 
or Asian or Latino or any melanin count that they might have in their skin, any facial characteristics that you just, you care about your fellow human being and you want peace, but you're not looking for vengeance. You're not looking at things through a resentful lens. That's where you have to be. We have to intercept the entirety of civilization before men and women everywhere are fully catechized into the new cult of wokeness. Before they are fully transitioned into the dreams of folks like Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. That's what this is all about. You see, they have started a fire in your backyard and they're about to run to your front door to offer to put out the fire for you. The insane Marxists and revolutionaries are the useful idiots. They will not last. They will bring our nation to the brink of chaos. It is the third way that you must be aware of. And the new leaders of the third way, men like Klaus Schwab, Men like Al Gore, people like Nancy Pelosi, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, men like Zach Exley. The third way will seem like a reasonable compromise, but it always was the intended target. They just use the agents of chaos, like the current Marxist revolutionaries and Antifa, to bring it to the point of embracing their new totalitarian utopia. You'll be begging for someone to end it. And they'll be standing there waiting. Or we can restore America. And we can restore Western civilization. And push back on those in the World Economic Forum and the Communist Chinese Party and the others that have unified to bring this insanity to your doorstep. So you might be asking, what can you do? Well, you can help us at Sovereign Nations who have been warning about this coming transition into darkness for the past three years. You can join our cause, rally with us, preserve this nation and this civilization from those that would seek to deconstruct our nation and replace it with a technocratic oligarchy with a fake life, a fake religion, a fake civilization, a fake economy, and a fake future. You see, the future that they have planned, the future is fake. But we can still rise to the occasion and end this nonsense right now. Start speaking the truth and begin to peaceably resist. And also, to begin to apologetically put together arguments to be able to go to some of these people and try to have reasoned conversations. I know that they won't want to at the beginning. I understand that. They'll be shouting back at you. All cultists do that. All of them will. But we need to try to have those conversations empathetically. And yeah, for some of us, it might cost us our life. But we need to try. You see, those people, in my view as a Christian, they're image bearers too. This is our mission. To preserve the cognitive liberty of men and women in our world and preserve personal liberty and national unity. For Christians, they must see their leadership for what they are. Trans-Christians transforming historic Christianity into some rough beast that is crouching towards the Sorbonne to be born. But if men and women from all walks of life, of all affinities, Christians, non-Christians alike, can unify to push back against this cultic initiation, to push back against what seems to be almost insurmountable odds, we can win. We must win. I'm Michael O'Fallon. And this has been The Causes of Things.